All right, we are live. This is the Tiger King, and we're talking with Propeller Head, the Vanderbilt representative. <laughs> and this is your Golden Broom podcast brought to you by College Baseball Snack. All right, that video is I love it. I love that video so much. <laughs> hey, for, for a couple of rookies starting this out, I, I I'm enjoying that. So I will tell you, anybody that has watched our podcast to this date, they are gonna be blown away with what they see in this show tonight in terms of graphics and all that. The the graphics, learning how to do some of this stuff on uh StreamYard, you know. I'm a rookie. I've always done everything in writing and print form. So doing this kind of stuff is all new to me. I'm just thankful I got a guy like Cody that knows how to do some graphics and is kind of technical <laughs> in what he does. So uh, I hope you enjoy our show tonight. We got a lot to talk about. And yes, we do. I'll let, I'll let uh, Mr. Cody, the Tiger King over here, uh, bring up our first topic. What do you got for us? Now let's break down the top 25, what we saw this past weekend. Um, I think the one team that we need to talk about was the Stanford Cardinal. They had their hands full the entire weekend. They played Cal State Fullerton. Opening game, they lose 8-1. to one. They bounce back in game two by scoring uh, a run each in the last, the seventh, eighth, and the ninth to take a 7-5 victory. Game three is like 21-13. to 13. They score 15 runs in the ninth and tenth inning to seal that win. You would think by looking at the score, it was a, just a blowout, and it was the opposite of that. Cal State Fullerton was in that series from the beginning to the end. And it makes you really feel bad for them because a lot of people didn't have a lot of high hopes for Cal State. We kind of discussed them a little bit on previ the previous show. And, man, I have to be honest, I watched a little I watched a little bit. I can say I probably watched about probably five or six innings total of that series. I was blown away with what I saw by Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, that, uh, they've always had a solid program, and it – for me, it's no shock that they would go in there and give Stanford a handful. Uh, that's something they typically do anyway. Uh, again, for me, my top 25 that I want to focus on, I'm going to say TCU. They went down there to Globe Life and just they had their way with some pretty elite competition. And I, I was just blown away by actually how good they were. I, mm -hmm. I expected them to be good, but I didn't expect them to be that good. Sure, absolutely. I really – I mean, they were definitely the favorite to take the Golden Broom this week. I mean, they went in that series, and they just – they laid the hammer down. I mean, there was – I was – I knew that they could win some games in that series. I did not expect to see what they put out there. It was amazing. Oh, and, and putting 18 runs on Arkansas and, and 11 on Vanderbilt – and back-to-back -back days, you would think they would have swept the series, but somehow uh, the one team that everybody seems to forget about in the SEC, Missouri, sneaks in there and pulls one out late against them. Uh, Missouri was really in that game from mm -hmm. the word go. It wasn't like they came from behind and just surprised them. They yeah. played solid baseball that entire game to take that win. And really, they were solid the entire weekend as well. I was very impressed with their performance uh, down there. I mean, that everybody expects them to finish last in the SEC, and then here they go and say, well, hey, watch this. And right. unfortunately for Texas, they 
you know. <laughs> LSU did what I think everybody expected LSU to do. Yeah, for uh, sure. It was a it was a very good series. Um, Paul Skeens, he he looked the part as the Friday night guy. He um he was named Player of the Week by D one Baseball. Um, obviously, I don't think he really faced the level of competition that gets you Player of the Week, but. I was very happy with his performance. He was hitting 99 consistently. Um, he's very quick. Um, so I don't know if 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 Vanderbilt's doing this yet, but did you have you seen the new watches that these pitchers and catchers are wearing? Uh, they were doing that last year. In, in I, fact, I've never seen that. When when they first started doing it, somebody caught a caught a picture of it, and they tried to say something. You know, they didn't actually accuse Vanderbilt of cheating, but they they sure. kind of insinuated that they were up to something that nobody else was up to. And sure. last year it was a trial and error type of thing. I think they're still doing the trial and error this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually love it. It cuts down on uh, the opportunities for other teams to steal your signs. Absolutely. Uh, I think it speeds things up where you're not looking back and forth to the dugout all the time where the catcher and the pitcher have it right there on their, right there on their little wristwatch thing. Yeah, I mean, Skeens was literally – he would look down and he would have that ball pitched within, I'd say, probably at least 8 to 12 seconds every pitch. And I was very impressed with that. Um, and, and with the new pitch clock rules, you think it's going gonna, it, gonna to help speed up that process? Absolutely. And I will say um, for a minute, I absolutely hated the new clock rules because uh, our uh, right fielder, Braden Jobert, he, um, he got a strike tacked on to him because of uh, – him taking too long to be ready, and then today they uh, the pitcher took too long, and he got a ball added to him. So I'm like, okay, I guess we're a little bit even now. <laughs> right. Uh, another team that had a little bit of difficulty with that uh, batter clock, uh, and I'm not going to say they had difficulty with the the clock per se, but uh, Tennessee had some uh, issues in their game, one of their games against Arizona, where their batter was calling for time. And the umpire didn't give it to him, but later on in the game, Arizona called time, and he did give it to him. There's a lot of debate going on about uh, if it was right or if it was wrong. Uh, your whole opinion on that, my whole opinion on that is, you know, when you come to the plate, come to the plate ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, take away the batter timeout completely. And that, that ends yep. the entire debate of – uh, should an umpire grant time or not? Absolutely. And, I mean, the umpire has the, the right to say no. And, and I mean, as much as I understand needing to take a timeout occasionally, I mean, do you really, though? I mean, you have you have time between the pitches to get what you need to get. Take you a quick little practice swing, get in the box, ready to go. And that's not to say anything bad about Tennessee. It's just No, no. To to alleviate any future problems, just, just do away with the batter timeout. Because if you're trying to speed Absolutely. up the game, the the whole thing with the batter clock, if you're trying to speed up the game, why put a clock on them to get in the box if you're just going to grant them a timeout to get out of the box? So the two cancel each other out. And I don't – Absolutely. Somehow you got to make it effective, and it's not going to be effective if you continue to do it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Tennessee, um, I called it. I said they would drop a couple this past weekend. They did it. <laughs> and they certainly did. I I have to be honest though, 
I was impressed with what I saw out of Arizona, but I was very impressed at what I saw out of Grand Canyon. They they played hard. That is that's a legit program. They're up and coming. Uh, for for about four or five years, that's a program that everybody has said keep your eye on, keep your eye on, mm-hmm. keep your eye on. They've never really gotten to the big time, but they're always playing big time schools, mm-hmm. uh, tough as nails. Could this be the year they've got one of the best shortstops in college baseball? I, I think they could end up being one of those teams that make some noise in the postseason. Uh, but we'll see if they get there first. Sure. And, yeah, because I know over the years, it's like you'll see Grand Canyon. They'll start out really hot. They'll have some wins over some big-name teams, and they'll lose a bunch of games that makes no sense whatsoever. And then they'll get hot again for a little bit, and they'll – fizzle back off and then you just don't hear about them at the end of the season. I'm really hoping that this is the year that Grand Canyon stays hot and puts up a really good campaign, makes a run and see where it takes them. I I definitely agree with that. Uh, And speaking of Tennessee, you know, people are going to look at that record and see, oh, they came out of the weekend one and two Tennessee's back to being Tennessee of old. Uh, That could not be further from the truth. Uh, What we saw from their, from their pitching staff over the weekend was quite impressive. Even if they Mm -hmm. didn't get the wins, some of their numbers were absolutely stunning to see. Absolutely. I mean, all their pitching was just, I mean, top notch. And it's like the games they lost. It's not like they were blown out in these games. I mean, they were very close games that they very well could have won. And I I really think that not having Mally Ahuna, I think that he's a, he would be a big difference maker for that team. And, the whole situation with that, I really don't know all the details on it, but I don't understand why. Of all the kids that transferred, why is he in limbo? Uh, it's there. There's some debate going on because uh, if you remember back, Tennessee did self-report a violation uh, that involved Maui Ahuna. Whether or not okay. the NCAA is holding that over their head or not, I don't know. I can't say they are. I can't say they're not. Uh, if they held him out for a couple of series, I could see that being a plausible, you know, trade off there. I, I do see, I do think that he's going to be eligible here within the next week or so. That would be my guess because it, you know, everybody knows about it now. Uh, but I mentioned some of the numbers from Tennessee. They had 25 innings pitched. They allowed five earned runs. Only allowed seven runs altogether all weekend. They did allow 19 hits, which, you know, uh, that could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what per se you're looking at. They only allowed eight walks in 25 innings. They had 28 strikeouts. That's more than a strikeout per inning. 19 of the strikeouts were from the starters, Dolander, Burns, and Beam. So they put up the impressive numbers that kept them in games, but they just, they just couldn't get their bats going. Yep. Absolutely. And, I mean, I know today they had Alabama A&M. They definitely got their bats going in that one. It was a slump buster they needed. For yep. sure. Yep. And it, I'm hoping it is the jump start to them doing good because 
I mean, we, we need every team in the SEC to do good, ultimately. We really do. It makes makes our own teams better, no matter whether we win or lose to them. At the end of the day, iron sharp as iron, and we just yeah. – it's, it's nice to see them back in the win column today. They won 10 to nothing. Um, and I know that, according to Randy, they're never going to lose again. So, <laughs> I mean, you got to you got to consider the opponent sometimes. Sure. Uh, one one team that didn't have a very very strong opponent. Uh, they played two different teams o- over opening weekend, uh, and this is going to kind of segue into something special we got going on here. Uh, Wake Forest going for mm. no on the weekend. Uh, I think they opened a lot of eyes. We've heard for a couple of years, Wake Forest had some arms and to look out for that team. And they just haven't been able to put it together so far. What I saw this weekend, that's definitely uh Omaha type baseball that they played. Yes. And I would not be surprised if they are making noise deep into the season. Absolutely. And I, you know, honestly, I didn't know what to think seeing them ranked so highly in a lot of rankings because it was one of those things like you just don't know. And then you see it and you're like, oh my gosh. And as Randy called them, Rake Forest, I like that. I like that a lot. Good name. So, well, I will say this this award is your baby. You created it. So I'm going to let you do the presentation in this one. So when we created this group, we wanted to do something fun for fans that, they could enjoy this. Uh, I had to think of a name and somehow to present this. So basically a week in college baseball goes from Monday through Sunday. And if you're good enough to sweep your entire week, that means when your midweek game and all of your weekend games, uh, you should you should be eligible for something. So I came up with the idea. Let's call it a, a broom because the broom represents the sweet. And through collaboration, we came up with the name, the golden broom. Uh, it's had various logos over the years. The criteria is you have to go undefeated for the week. And then the admins of college baseball smack will Take a look at all the, the teams that get nominated. We we each usually pick a team and nominate them, and we'll go over what they did. Uh, it's either got to be something noteworthy. Take, for instance, in uh, 2019 or 2020, when Boise State fielded their first team in like 15 years, and they swept their opening weekend series. That is noteworthy. So – in that instance, we gave them a golden broom. Uh, if you play a top 10 team on the road and you sweep them, chances are you're going to the head of the line because that's pretty impressive to sweep a top 10 team on the road. So Absolutely. this week, uh, we actually had a team go 4-0. In doing so, they were not challenged in any of their games. None of their games were close. And for that reason, we actually selected Wake, I mean Rake Forest, as the, <laughs> the, the recipient of the first Golden Broom Award of the 2023 season. 
the Demon Deacons really put it on their opponents this weekend. It was quite impressive what they did. Absolutely. I mean, they hit – how many home runs they hit? 13? 13 home runs. And That's I haven't crazy. looked at their numbers for today, but I understand that they hit some more today. <laughs> yeah, I think last I saw they had three on the day, and that was, but that was like middle of their game. So there's no telling how many more they had at all. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, it really is. I mean, and the shame is, you know, you go from a team that does so good like that and then you look at other top teams and you see teams that do so poor. And I guess we can go ahead and go into our next award. Well, is it an award? Do we, should we actually call it an award? I, I don't know that it's a, an award, but um, one thing you have to say is if a team goes out and they actually stink it up really bad, they need to be called out on it. And the yes. only way the only way I could ever think of calling a team out for just stinking it up is, you know, athletes wear socks. And a lot of times those socks get dirty and stinky and smelly and everything else. So this next this next thing we call it a dirty sock award. It's nasty, it's smelly, uh, <laughs> covered in filth and dirt and everything else. And we just have to go there. Texas Longhorns this week absolutely earned the dirty sock. And we're not just joking yes. here. They were absolutely horrid. Yep. That defense was well, looked like LSU last year. <laughs> I'm trying to so. look up the numbers. It, uh, I know on sun, in Sunday's game, uh, they actually had four – four errors in one inning and it was just like they they couldn't handle the ball i don't i don't know what their deal was they just it was absolutely terrible the way they played defense absolutely. and it wasn't just that game it was all weekend that they looked absolutely they they look like an elementary school team absolutely and i honestly i felt so bad for vincent he's dude he's such he's such a diehard texas fan I mean, and just to see that, I, I I hate it when I know someone that's a fan of a team that lays a goose egg like that, because that was oh, so embarrassing. And, and speaking of that, they're not the only ones. There were there were other teams that were eligible for this. Uh, Nebraska was <laughs> one of them. Uh, oh God, yeah. They, they played terrible, but. We kind of talked about it last week that going down to Texas and Globe Life Field, somebody was going to get their feelings hurt. Yes. Um, I'm thankful that it wasn't Vanderbilt. Uh, it could have very well have been Arkansas. Uh, most people expected it to be Missouri. But to not win a single game down there. Yeah. That speaks volumes about where Texas was at over the weekend. They they got their feelings hurt pretty bad. Absolutely. And it's truly a shame. I mean, especially considering this coming weekend, they don't, it doesn't get any easier for them. So it's – And, and I got to have some fun here because uh, my guy Randy Jowers, he's, he's one of the biggest Tennessee fans I know that's in our group. Uh, 
he he's kind of poking some fun at me. He's saying Vanderbilt saved their hurt feelings for Central Arkansas. That, <laughs> that was that was a rough outing for Vanderbilt today. Vanderbilt got three hit by Central Arkansas today. Uh, they did win, or they Central Arkansas did win five to four, and being three hit just everything they hit was right at somebody. They just couldn't buy a base hit. Nothing worked for them today. It's one of those games that just happens sometimes. Sure. Let's see. I see I see Randy laughing at everything and laughing at me having, having to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> but can we let's say something to be fair though. When has Tim Corbin been known for always winning these midweek games? Uh, never. <laughs> I bet say Tim Corbin doesn't care about these games. Tim Corbin only cares about games that matter. I think that's the one thing I can say I've noticed over the years of him. Now, yes, Vanderbilt wins a lot of midweek games. I'm not saying they don't, but He'll always drop one or two to teams, and you're just like, what? So, good night, Leah. You sleep good, sweetheart. Yeah, the daughter's going to bed. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I mean, every year, I mean, there's always a team. So, I mean, yep. I wouldn't put too much into today. And and, here, and and Randy says it, my, my least favorite part of college baseball is watching fans overreact early season losses. It's a tale as old as time. It happens every year. Somebody's gonna somebody's gonna lose a midweek game along the year that they have no business of losing. It happens all the time. Florida does it. Bandy does it. Uh, Tennessee really well. Tennessee did do it last year, losing to Tennessee Tech. Uh, who can forget the uh, wood bat game where uh, people said, "Don't." Somebody said, "Don't matter what kind of bats we use, we'll we'll still beat you." Everybody does it. And, and and it's fun to poke at people when it happens. Uh, take no yeah, offense absolutely. to it. Uh, it's all good, Randy. I appreciate the, the the poking at me. It's it's fun to do sometimes. Cody's checking his phone to check out some scores, huh? Yes, that's actually exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> let's see where. Uh, let's see if we got anything of relevance that's popped up. Arkansas ended up coming back and surviving Grambling today. That, yep. They were down seven to five for a minute. I was ready for. Oh, oh, Wake Forest ended up winning twenty to two. Good lord! Virginia, All right, make a Virginia, guess. Make Virginia a guess. put out the whooping sticks today too. Yeah, I saw that over Longwood. My goodness! All right, twenty runs on eighteen hits. All right, how many home runs do you think they had? I'm gonna guess nine. Oh, actually, they only had two. I thought they would have had more than that, to be honest. I'm a little let down with that stat. Man, but they, whew. And speaking of stats, what is the weirdest stat that you saw this weekend? That would be the southeastern Louisiana getting hit by a pitch 23 times this weekend. That's painful. I mean, just, I mean, you know, like an average weekend in higher end college baseball, you see what, maybe, maybe three to five hit by pitches, 23 
times. Can you imagine the bruises on these kids at the end of the series? They, they may have they may have to take them to the uh, the ice bath to work out some of that. Pain. Yeah. And and the second closest team though was at sixteen, which is still a large number, but right. twenty three. And I believe they played four games over the weekend, but twenty three times. I mean that's that's almost six times a game. I mean that's unheard of. So, for me, a weird stat for me. Uh, you hear all the time that teams that hit home runs don't walk and they don't get base hits. But uh, we kind of mentioned it earlier about Wake Forest and scoring forty five runs over the weekend against Illinois and Youngstown State. But here, here's something weird for me. They hit 13 home runs. But beyond the 13 home runs, they also pulled in 35 walks over a four-game span. To walk that many times is just, and hit that many home runs to boot, you're going to put up a lot of runs. My thing is, how is how can a player be so patient to be able to draw those walks and still be able to hunt out and get all those home runs. It's, I mean, plate discipline. I mean, that's. I, just, I mean, I just, that's that's just impressive. I, I got. I personally got to find out who their hitting coach is because uh, Tim Corbin <laughs> needs to absolutely hire him because <laughs> what Mike Baxter's doing does not work. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, that's. I mean, that's just unheard of. It really is. Yeah, definitely. So, a nice – so, actually, we had a few uh, – we have an, um, a couple top 25 teams go down today outside of Vanderbilt. Um, Texas A&M, it just went final. Lamar defeats Texas A&M at A&M 7-4. So, that's a, that's a very good win for Lamar right there. Very good. Um, and then, a nice upset. A mid-major school. Campbell takes down number eleven East Carolina six to five in ten innings. That's a good one, and that kind of gives us a segue to what we wanted to talk about next. One thing about college baseball smack is we try not to focus on just the Power Five, not just the SEC, the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, those kinds of schools. We want to show the mid majors some love. Because without mid-majors, college baseball would be really, really boring. Absolutely. And me and Cody discussed it, and we couldn't think of a better team or better program to start off our mid-major love uh, than the Campbell Camels. Uh, it's a program that's been on the cusp of greatness for uh, quite some time. Last year, they they really made a lot of noise, and gave. And despite losing two games to Tennessee in the regional, they gave Tennessee ham, they gave Tennessee fits up there in Knoxville, uh, and to see them get that win today is really really sweet, to show this team some love. Absolutely, and I want to also make it clear that we had Campbell picks before this victory today. This wasn't a, oh, hey, they won. Let's just throw them in. No, this. So. Absolutely. As I saw their hashtag on their uh, website today, roll humps. (laughs) (laughs) 
I really like you it. Know, just to give you an idea how good they've been. Uh, 2022, uh, 41 and 19. 21, they went 37 and 18. Uh, 2019, let's pull that one up. 37 and 21. It's a team that's winning 35 plus games every year. And I think it's noteworthy for a mid-major that can do that and be competitive everywhere they play. Sure. Absolutely. Let's see. So, I don't know if you saw today. You might have already seen it. Um, LSU played against Southern University. And we got to see UCLA transfer Thatcher Hurd finally make his debut. And then we got to see Christian Little pitch today in his longest outing because he, he pitched one inning the other day and we did fine. But today he pitched 3.2 innings. Um, so Trey Morgan, he went four for five. He hit the cycle, but he did it in order. Single, double, triple home run. He had eight RBIs, scored three times. Kid was unstoppable. Dylan Cruz, one for one. He got hit by a pitch three times today. Ouch. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so I have to ask, how was LSU down four to nothing in that game? So Thatcher heard um, – he didn't have his best outing today, to be honest. Um, so he was just missing the zone barely. I'm talking about inch and a half at the most. I mean, everything – I mean, the stuff, you can see it's there, but he was definitely not on his A game today. He, um, he had three walks through two innings. He, um, he also had three strikeouts. He just – he got himself in the jam, and then coming in the third inning, he, he gets the – he allows to get the bases to get loaded, walked a couple guys, He um, and then he allowed a run, and then – here comes the savior, Christian Little, to come in, and um, he gets them out of the jam. And he allowed he allowed one hit in his 3.2 innings today. He um, he had, I want to say, he ended up with, uh, like, maybe, I want to say six strikeouts? Or was it, it was four or six strikeouts. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, no, his stuff was there. He looked, he looked in the zone today. Obviously, at Southern University. It's not a big game, but it was nice. It's nice seeing him being able to come in in a tight situation and pull him out of it. But then when Southern went up four nothing, the next frame LSU puts up three, and then the inning uh, or no, I'm sorry, put up five in the next inning, and then floodgates open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, after that was over. But not Southern man. They they came out swinging today. They're hitting everything. They they just had no issues whatsoever. Um, it was good seeing Trey Morgan, though, hit that cycle. Um, we haven't had the cycle hit since 2010. I read a stat online that said in Major League Baseball history, there's only been 14 times where someone has hit the cycle in order. That's so, I mean, Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times someone's done that in college. That's a stat I'll probably never be able to get the answer to. But just to know in the major leagues that someone's only, uh, done that 14 times, I mean, that's that's awesome. Uh, see, South Carolina got another big double-digit win today. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to see. I'm ready to see what they're they're all about because they're scoring a lot of runs early and they're pitching clearly doing pretty good. So I want to I want to see what they're what they're up to in the next few weeks. 
see anybody else. I'm going I'm to have to check out this one real quick. Uh, weird score here. Delaware and UMBC. I saw that. 22 to 11. Um, I guess their football team is supposed to play today. <laughs> uh, Delaware had 22 runs on 19 hits. UMBC was very productive. They got 11 runs on 12 hits. So they were both really productive. <laughs> Uh, let's see. UMBC used seven pitchers. Delaware used six pitchers. And when oh, you're giving God. up that many runs, you know, uh, uh, I can see why. Absolutely. Uh, UMBC threw nine base on balls and six strikeouts. Delaware was just the opposite. Six six walks and nine strikeouts. That's just a weird score. That really is. Man. Well, another weird thing that happened in college today, uh, Oklahoma State defeated Cal Baptist 2-0 off of a two-run home run in the eighth inning. But the biggest takeaway from that is they had a, uh, a five-pitcher combined no-hitter today. So I believe that would be the first no-hitter of the season. Uh, the, definitely the first no-hitter of the season. But the, five pitchers, though. I, I've seen it done with two or three, but five. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're just about throwing a different pitcher out there every other inning. Absolutely. Well, so their starter, he went 5.1, and then they had a, a reliever come in for an inning. Then they had another guy come in for two, and then they had two other guys come in for an out each. Um the biggest stat, though, they had 15 strikeouts and they only allowed one walk. So that's that's really good numbers. Um, and Cal Baptist, they actually had a good start to the year. They actually took two or three from uh, Oklahoma over the weekend. And they actually realistically would have been in contention for the Golden Broom if they would have pulled out this week. Not to say that they would have gotten a nod over the week because Wake raped. Yeah, Wake is different. <laughs> yeah, but – that they they had a really good start to the season, so now their tour of the state of Oklahoma is done, and they're going home two and two. But honestly, most would have picked them to be zero and four at this point. Uh, do you have anything that you're looking forward to this coming weekend? Man, I really am. Um, so you know, LSU they get to play Kansas State, they get to play um, Sam Houston, they get to play Iowa, and. You know, I'm ready to see what these arms from Iowa are all about. We've been hearing about them for the last, what, five, six seasons. And finally, I get to see it. But I have to pay $25 to watch it. <laughs> that is crap. <laughs> so, Man, got, I do not want to pay that. You got your little series, you, your little tournament there. Um, up the road with Peace. Uh, about an hour drive from me at uh, Hawkins Field. Vanderbilt Commodores are bringing in, I think it's number 11, UCLA. That's that's crazy. That's going to be a good series. The, the good advantage, though, is that it's in the state of Tennessee and not on the coast. Yes. Well, one, one thing about Tim Corbin is uh, 
he likes taking West Coast trips. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of like that because it gets you out on the road against elite competition. And, you know, you can't, you can't substitute that for anything. It gets sure. your guys in the, in the environment. It gets them going. And they realize real quick what it takes to win on a national stage when they face that kind of competition. So whether it's at home or on the road, I enjoy it when Tim Corbin lines these games up. Absolutely. And, you know, another crazy uh, series this weekend, uh, Florida State and TCU. That'll be really that is, good. That really will be. Um, oof. So TCU's uh, slate this weekend, they got three with Florida State. Then that Tuesday, they have Dallas Baptist. And then they go to the Shriners Classic, and they have Rice, Michigan, and Louisville. Ooh. My God. Well, uh, <laughs> to, to be fair, Rice isn't the Rice of 2006, no. 2008 style. No, not at all. Uh, not even close to that. I mean, that. Whew. Okay, so I went ahead and clicked on Dallas Baptist because, you know, we like to talk about them. They played Fordham over the weekend and they won 8 0, 19 5, and 13 1. So, solid, solid weekend for them. Absolutely. Um, and then. You know, we, met, we mentioned Campbell earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's worth mentioning they did win their opening series two games to one. And it's not so much who they are winning this series, but it's who they beat. Rutgers should have been in the NCAA tournament last year. Yep. They finished second, and... to, they finished second in the Big Ten and got left out. Yep. Because and, and the reason they got left out, they say their RPI wasn't good enough because they played a week out of conference schedule. Uh, they have stepped that up this year, but Rutgers, uh, several people this year have thought Rutgers might be a team that could make some noise in the Big Ten. Uh, whether they do or not is yet to be seen, but uh, that Campbell win over Rutgers is a really nice series win. Absolutely. 100% agree. How about them yard cocks? South Carolina's <laughs> playing good baseball. Finally, they're playing good baseball under under Mark Absolutely. Kingston. Uh, just taking them a while to get there. I'm not going to disagree with that hot take right there. State. <sighs> That was rough. So I'm not sure, like, if I'm allowed to technically talk about this through my job, so I won't say who I work for, but we're actually in charge of a lot of things at Mississippi State, and um, we have a job ongoing on campus right now, and a lot of our guys are actually going to the uh, midweek game at State. And um, they uh, – because they were supposed to go to the basketball game the other night, so they were like, oh, no, we're going to the baseball game. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's like, so I, then I – I name dropped us. I was like, yeah, well, that's cool. We have a college baseball podcast we run. And then guy I work with, it's like, oh, I used to play college baseball. I was like, where? He's like, oh, I played Miles College. I looked this kid up in like 163 at bats last year. He only struck out seven times. 
I was like, what? Was like, why are you working here? So to address that, uh, the state is in trouble with their pitching. Uh, Saturday, they played uh, VMI, and they jumped out, and it's it was a it, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. They jumped out to a big lead, and VMI came back late. Ended up winning the game fourteen to thirteen. So you give up fourteen runs there. Uh, winning nine to three Sundays not bad, but then they go out today and give up eleven to UL Monroe. Mississippi State's definitely given up a lot of runs this year, and if they don't figure something out with their pitching. It could be a long, long season for them. You might want to send a wellness check on how. I haven't seen. Hey, that's one thing we love about college baseball smack is we don't mind giving each other a little bit of ribbon every once in a while. And he jumped in there on opening day after TCU just laid the lumber on <laughs> Vanderbilt and called me out on it. I haven't seen him since. I know, right? I, I think somebody needs to put out a missing person report on him. <laughs> he <he's laughs> disappeared, which is not unusual for Hal. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this next comment right here, this is uh, for South Carolina. I'm talking about their new yep. hitting coach, Monty Lee, which phenomenal hire. He was amazing at College of Charleston. He was, he was very great at, at Clemson. Now seeing him as just a hitting coach, I know one thing. I bet his mind is able to be – he just has a clear head now. Yep. Because they're run, running an entire D1 program at an elite level like Clemson is, is typically at. You know, that's a very taxing job to do. And sure. And see him be able to, to relax a little bit and just focus on one aspect of the game uh, – can't 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 think of a better hire for South Carolina to get him. Yeah, and I mean, he had, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I believe he has over 500 career head coaching wins. I mean, the guy yeah, is legit, and he's yeah. young too. He's under 50, so I mean, he's got a lot of years left in him if he chooses. So yep. that's gonna be fun to see. Um, let me look at the schedule and see if any other series stick out to me this weekend. Twenty-five, right. number twenty-five, Oregon at UC Santa Barbara. Ooh, that's fun right there. That that might be a little dicey. Oh, we got Alabama and Pepperdine. That'll that'll be interesting. We hear at a lot of Pepperdine at that. Number twelve, North Carolina, at number eleven, ECU. No, that's a that's a good series right there. I I say that uh, Oregon and UC Santa Barbara might get dicey. Uh, North Carolina, East Carolina is going to get a little bit spicy. <laughs> yes, 
And then you got uh, Maryland and Ole Miss. My God, there's some good baseball this weekend. Um, my goodness. Some, some and one thing. I, I think Virginia Tech and Bryant might turn out to be a better series than what it looks like on the surface. Oh, absolutely. Bryant's always, well, I mean, they're the Bulldogs and they play like Bulldogs. Um, you know, one thing too we can we can talk about uh, that we were actually discussing before we went live is uh, the schedule that Cal State Fullerton has this year compared to other mid-majors. Don't they have Michigan this week? Yes. So they have a three-game series at Michigan. They'll play Arizona State. They'll play Arizona throughout the year. They'll play Cal Santa Barbara. They have TCU. I mean, I mean, it's just murderer's row out there. I mean, I don't see – I don't know. So, I'm assuming this is a Wake Forest fan. 19 home runs in the first four games is getting me hyped, but I'm still leery. Uh, I'm guessing that's either Wake Forest or South Carolina. Uh, they're the ones that have been noticed for uh, yes. putting that ball out in the stands. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of uh, speaking of things of that nature, uh, for the last two years, everybody has been enamored with a center fielder at Vanderbilt named Enrique Bradfield Jr. He did get another stolen base today. He was 46 of 46 last year. Uh, some people want to say he did get caught stealing once, but it he didn't. He really didn't. It was it was a pickoff move that he got caught on, so uh, can't really say he got caught stealing. But forty six of forty six last year, got another one today. He's got ninety six for his career at Vanderbilt, just starting year number three, and he's one away from setting the school record for uh, most steals in a career. So that's uh, amazing. kind of, kind of big news for him. Uh, I see him being, uh, uh, an Ozzie Smith type player in sure. the major that's league. That's a great comparison. Uh, really and fast. Will he ever threaten the stolen bases record? I doubt it. But if there was one person in the college game that I could point to, to say, Hey, if he has a long career, he could get there. He'd probably be the one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I look forward to uh, having the graphic on deck ready to go for when he hits number 100 because that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm going to take a wild guess. Uh, the one thing about StreamYard that, that really stinks is uh, we can see when people are commenting on the video, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, we can see the comments, but it doesn't tell us actually who's saying it. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to take a guess, and I think this might be uh, Sam talking about South Carolina and the, the 19 home runs for them. Uh, just a guess. Uh, it, it could be Fred Spivey, too. Those are the two big Sam. South Carolina. Okay, Sam, Sam Stagger-Jones, he, he's been with uh, college baseball smack for 
well, since its inception, a uh, really good guy. Uh, enjoy interacting with him. Maybe one day we'll get him to come on and talk about some uh, yard cocks. Absolutely. Honestly, that's one thing I would like to do on the show is get some of these members that have been in the group for a long time that we've always interacted with to get a few of them on here and just chat with them. Because it's like we're always talking smack to them through a computer. I'm ready. I want it. I want it face to face. I agree. I agree. Uh, can't wait. One of our admins is Randy Jowers. Uh, Randy is a Tennessee fan. Me and him go at it a lot on a multitude <laughs> of topics, but I can't ask for a better guy. And he's came in and fits right in with our group of admins. Uh, you ask him, you ask him anything and he's always there. If he don't know the answer, he's going to find it. And I'm just going to give true. a shout out, shout out to him, Randy and his uh, lifelong friend, Jim Cross, who's also in our group, do a podcast called In Off the Bench. And yes, I'm going to throw some love out there. We're not competing with them for viewers. But if some of their viewers want to come over and say hi to us, by all means, uh, come watch us. But if you want to watch player interviews and coaching interviews, Randy and Jim is your ticket for that because they Absolutely. do a phenomenal job getting players in there and talking to them. Uh, Randy even was gracious enough to interview uh, some Notre Dame players after the, the very day after they won the series in Knoxville last year. So really good guys. Uh, can't wait to get one of them on here at some point in time to Absolutely. give us their insights. Yeah, because they, I mean, they, and it's not like they're just getting random college players. I mean, they're getting top names. Top and it, names. And it's very, 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 they're very good at what they do because every time I listen, I'm just, I'm, I'm just sucked in. I, I love it so much. Yep. And, and there's, there's a, when we started this group, uh, College Baseball Smack, there wasn't very many places at all to talk about college baseball. It was in the early days of D1 where they were just getting their foot in the door. Uh, all those guys at D1 had walked away from Baseball America, started their own thing. Uh, it has ballooned into something nobody ever thought possible. Uh, there's a huge effort on Twitter now uh, of growing the game. And that's what we're all here to do. We want to grow the game. Uh, to do that, we got to give the mid-majors love. We got to talk about teams that nobody likes. We got to talk about teams that everybody loves. Uh, and if you're a mid-major guy, don't be afraid to come out and show your love because we enjoy that kind of stuff. That's how we grow the game. Absolutely. And I keep, I've made a post the other day in the group, you know, asking for mid-major people. I mainly did that just because I wanted to see who was actually watching, who who was actually out there. And I did see a few names on there that I'm like, hadn't really seen them much in the group. I haven't seen them. So I'm, I'm really hoping that this season that that is our biggest growth in the group is the mid-major fans. Right. And, and we're doing this podcast uh... – we did our first show and somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, we'd like to add you to our lineup. We are part of variety sports network collegiate brand, which it falls under the umbrella of variety sports network. 
you can find them on Twitter uh, at Variety underscore Sports underscore uh, Network. Uh, real good group of guys. They've got a long, long list of what they offer in podcasting. Uh, everything we do is going to be uploaded to Apple, Spotify, Anchor, all of those things. Uh, I, I love doing that kind of stuff because it does help grow the game. So if you, if you see our product out there, I mean, if we call it a product, if you see us out there, share the videos. Uh, that's how we get views. That's how we grow this sport that we all love so much. Uh, do you have anything you want to add to that? You know, it's, man, I'm really excited about what the future holds in all this. Um, you know, I mean, definitely want to thank our core people that are actually listening to this because, I mean, we're just two random guys talking about baseball because we love it. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome that a network picked us up so quickly and, and wanted us part of their team. And, uh, you know, it, it gives us a chance to talk about what we love. It, you know, it, honestly, I've been personal on a personal level. I've been wanting to get back in. Well, you've known that I've been wanting to get back in a podcast game or media in general, because I come from like combat sports, professional wrestling, all that fun stuff. I used to go to cover the UFC events. I mean, for God's sakes, I got to have dinner with Joe Rogan in New Orleans. I mean, did a lot of stuff on that level. And then I gave it up because there's no money in it. And I went like 10 years without doing it. And now here we are doing a podcast and man, it's, I mean, it's just it's so much fun. And, so much fun. And we're not formal by any means. You see me hit my vape. You see me drinking my Mountain Dew. Uh, we're not going to be formal. Uh, we want to be laid back. We call this from the fans for the fans. Absolutely. And we want fans to be part of it. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say about uh, wanting people to get involved and, be part of this and help to help to grow this game. Absolutely. And there's a comment on here that I have to address real quick. <laughs> I was waiting for <laughs> you to see that. Yes. And I, I um, know exactly who put it up there. Uh, oh, absolutely. So <laughs> this weekend, I will say this. I think that it is going to be a low scoring game. I, re I genuinely do. I think that it's going to take LSU a few, I'd say probably two times through the lineup before they can really start dialing in on a hundred mile per hour fastball. But I, I, if LSU is going to lose this weekend, it is going to be because I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be on the pitching staff. Our pitching staff is going to blow it for us if we're going to lose this weekend. I think, Offensively, we're gonna have Tom. We should have Tommy White back for the game. Um, you know, I I do not know what Jay Johnson's plan is for pitching. I don't know if he's throwing Skeens against Kansas State, or if he's gonna let Skeens go against Iowa, or what he's even thinking on that front. Uh, I would think that he probably goes in the same order he went the other day. Um, and if that's the case, you'd be seeing Riley Cooper on Saturday, and Riley's a very good lefty that. Came out. He was a, a bullpen guy for LSU last year. He um, throws a lot of strikes. He um, doesn't have anything that's just necessarily like wow, but he has a very consistent fastball, a good changeup, a good breaking pitch. He's got everything you want in a pitcher, and then he comes out and starts the other day, and I was scratching my head. Like I seriously had no idea why he was starting, and then he goes in and lights out. 
had like six strikeouts and looked great. And if he, he's the guy to go, if he's on his A game, I have no worries. Um, and then coming out of the bullpen, you might see Ty Floyd come out of the bullpen a couple times this coming weekend. Um, I want to say uh, you might see Collins come out or Bryce Collins. He, um, he, he pitched the other day, didn't do too hot, but he's got some really good stuff. A lot of speed. He, um, he actually transferred over with Jay Johnson. He had uh, Tommy John surgery, and last year was his uh, kind of his. I feel like his rehab year, and now he's. I think they said he increased his velocity. He's up like high nineties. So, could Iowa win the game? Absolutely. Are they going to win the game? Absolutely not. <laughs> Go Tigers. <laughs> So I, I'm just going to have to show my upbringing here. Uh, I I have to pull for I have to pull for the black and gold in that one. I was born and raised. Absolutely, a you do. You know, yes. born and raised a Hawkeye. I, I got to see that program get some love and uh, finally get some recognition on the national stage. Uh, and and in reality, the past two years, they were in that group that could have gotten into the NCAA tournament and just got left out. Sure. Absolutely. So I, you know, at the end of the day, if Iowa beats us, I will eat my crow and I will, um, I will give them all the praise in the world. And I've always, I mean, I do have a lot of respect for Iowa and I really look forward to this game. Um, I hate that it's just a single game that we play. I really wish it was a three game series, but I know LSU is ready to go, and I know Iowa is stoked to play the number one team in the nation, so I expect a very, very good game. Yeah, definitely going to be Iowa's Super Bowl. Uh, they've been planning for that one for quite some time. Sure. So this comment right here asking if we play MLB The Show. Um, I actually have MLB The Show. Um, I have not bought the, uh, the most recent version yet, but I do have last year's version, and I'll be perfectly honest. I played one season on there, and then I haven't touched it in probably six or seven months, unfortunately. Having kids does that to me. <laughs> so wanted to give everybody uh, ideas of how they can reach us. Uh, we do have a Twitter account for College Baseball Smack. It's at College Smack. Uh, my, I have two other accounts that I run on Twitter. Uh, I'm part of the Southern Boys Sports Network. Uh, you can find me at uh, capital SBS underscore Vanderbilt or my personal account, which is uh, Vandy Chris five. Uh, you, you, I'm pretty sure you have a Twitter account, right? I do have a Twitter account, but I haven't used it in ages. Like I'll get on there. I'll be active for like a weekend and then I quit using it. Now that we have this podcast, I will start a new Twitter account so that I can interact with people and uh, we'll get that one going. That being said, if you guys have any questions this week, do hashtag ask propellerhead and we'll answer all your questions on the next there you show. Go. Uh, that, that may be a new segment. Uh, hashtag ask propellerhead. <laughs> I like it. Man, I have to be honest. I don't know about you, Chris, but so far with this episode, I feel like this one has been our absolute best one to date. I, I think it's getting better. Uh, and like I said, just remember, we're just starting out at this. We're going to get better as the season goes. Uh, I hope 
people find it entertaining and give us give us likes and follows because that's sure. what it's all about. So absolutely. So it was not it's nice that we had graphics in the background. We had our right. opening video, we had the graphics on the screen through it. And and we actually have information we can actually talk about instead of it being a uh, here's what we think is gonna happen. Now it's like, hey, this is what happened the other day, let's talk about it. So it finally it felt really good and I really enjoyed this show. It, it's getting uh, it's getting more natural. Yes. For me. Uh, and if you remember during the 2020 season, uh, I started doing some post game Zoom press conferences with Coach Corbin, and I 100 percent hated hearing myself on camera or seeing myself <laughs> on camera. But the yes. more I do it, the more comfortable I'm getting. So I'm, I'm yes. going to continue to work at that. I remember the first time you made a video and you shared it and you were like, man, I, I hate my voice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Going, looking at that version of you to now, man, it's night and day. Night and day different. And, and it feels different. Yeah. But, but going forward, uh, we're going to try it. We're going to try and keep the same schedule every Tuesday night at seven 30. Uh, I think that works well for both of us. And yes. it gives us time to get our graphics all done up, uh, make the decisions on who's going to win the golden broom. If there's anybody in line for a dirty sock, uh, gives us, gives us an opportunity to look up weird stats. Uh, I think that's going to yes. be, a, I think that'll be a fun segment. Absolutely. Uh, and with that, I, I'm, I'm going to let you close it out. Absolutely. Um, Everybody, we want to say thank you so much for watching tonight. We will see you guys this weekend because I'm sure we'll do some kind of recording throughout the weekend, maybe some little short, just hop on here for a few minutes and just because you never know. There might be something crazy happen Friday night. So yep. we'll, we'll play it by ear, see where we go. But we just want to thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time.